You stupid bitch. Yeah, you're a stupid bitch. You stupid bitch. Welcome to this week's episode of Stupid Bitches Say What, the Aussie podcast about everything and nothing, but always with wine. And your hosts, Skyly Collett and Sean Hipkins. This week, it's What's the Haps? The episode where we discuss topics that piqued our interest, please. Please. Listen in as we cover some high quality subjects like Maps Australia, mm-hmm. Daisy Jones in the Six. Are we still doing that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Wendy's Burgers coming to Australia. <laughs> and we'll also give an update on Bruce Willis. Madeline McCann claims an Aussie woman facing a death row sentence in the US and Australia's biggest drug bust as well as some other fun tidbits that tickled our fancy. What's your drinking, Sky? That's a lot. We've got a lot to talk about tonight, don't we? We do. Uh, so what am I drinking? Okay, so I'm drinking and I have, like, severe regrets. I just raced down to the bottle shop earlier um, to grab these and I thought, oh, I don't really know if I feel like a bottle of wine because it's a Thursday and I have to work tomorrow. Um, <laughs> so I got some seltzers. And do you know what I find, like, in my head, I think of a seltzer as like vodka, mm-hmm. soda, and a bit of flavouring. Yeah. The last few times I brought seltzers, seltzers, I haven't really looked at the label properly, and it's not really vodka. They have to specifically say vodka seltzer. They're mostly that wine base mix. So it's just alcohol of something. Yeah, it's just some kind of like pov alcohol. Anyway, this one um, appealed to me because it said it's a stone fruit hard seltzer, oh. uh, native plum. You do um, like your tropical fruits, <laughs> do you not? <laughs> I do love a plum. I do love you a do. stone fruit. Um, and it's real Australian stone fruit juice in it. Um, but I'm not really optimistic that it's going to taste very nice. So here we go. And stone fruit's pretty generalised. Like is it mango, apricot? Oh, of course. So I, I believe it's a range of stone fruit flavours, this one particularly being plum. Right, got it. They had another one there and it was something with peach peach tea or something like that. Mm. So I guess peach is a stone fruit, I guess. But it, it, it actually said stone fruit hard seltzer. <laughs> so let's, let's have a little sip, shall we? Oh, she's not happy, people. Those watching the video would see a very unimpressed Sky who just gagged. <laughs> oh, I could smell it. Uh, I could smell it as I took a taste. Of, oh, that's fucking rotten. Any taste of plum associated? Maybe rotten plums. Oh, I hear they're in right now. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe it'll grow on me. Let me see. <laughs> let, yes. me just, let me just. Sometimes that first taste, especially if you've eaten or brushed your teeth, can be a bit. It's only 60 calories a drink, though. So That's reasonable. That, there's that. You can work now, your way through that. <laughs> yes. Now, what are you drinking, Sean Bina Hipkins? Well, I'm also going something fizzy to that, but I'm going an NV Brut Cuvée, and it's loud and proud. Oh, she just gagged again. Oh, that's bad. Oh, I wouldn't fucking... Give it away? that to her worst enemy. <laughs> yes, you would. <laughs> you <that> drink up. <laughs> but yes, this is loud and proud Brut Cuvée, so just sparkling wine, but supporting pride. 
I'm almost certain you've drunk that before on the podcast. Maybe. We definitely yeah. we had it when we did um, the Pride Rally in Brisbane. We all drank. I got like six bottles of it. Oh, that might be what I'm thinking of yeah. then. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, fake. I'm just, I'm actually just texting my husband to say, could you bring me that bottle of wine in the fridge, please? <laughs> this is not going to work. Yeah. I'm never buying seltzers again, honestly. Every time I yeah. do, unless they're the vodka ones, they're freaking horrible. Yeah. See, I find with the seltzer, it's okay-ish, but like you just feel like you're drinking nothing and mm. you can only have a few. You can't like go out and get shit-faced on them. Yeah, that's totes. Um Dear husband, can you please bring me that bottle of wine from the fridge? Love you. Kiss hug, kiss hug. <laughs> I didn't have the love you or the kisses. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, how's your week been? Um, look, it's been really good. It's been really busy. Uh, I actually just realised I've blanked on, on what I was even going to talk about. I will tell you something funny this afternoon. Um, as you know, my son is learning to drive and he yes. got gifted a manual is. car um lucky. he's very lucky very lucky and so he's become at first he was a little bit eh, i'm not sure because he'd been he'd done almost half of his hours in an auto um when he got the manual so it was a little bit like i don't know if i can do this i'm not sure if i you know i'm going to be able to pass the test anyway everyone who drives manuals in our family except for myself because i don't drive a manual has pitched in to teach him how to drive um and he's been learning with Tyler and my dad and my sister and so we we drove today we had a a medical a doctor's appointment that we had to take for his broken leg anyway so we drove in the auto and as we're driving in the auto he says to me do you know what mum I just find driving an auto so boring now I don't think Mm. I could ever drive an auto again you have much more fun in a manual yeah manuals are just so much more fun anyway so then we drove around he got a good couple of hours up to take because I had to go all the way to the PA and back um, and then he said, oh, can we just go and drive in the manual for a little bit this afternoon? I said, you know, I can't tell you what to do if you stall or anything because I literally cannot drive a manual. I don't know anything about the clutch and whatever. Um, I said, so if you're confident enough that you know what to do if you, if you conk, then that's fine with me. And he said, yeah, yeah, I think I'll be okay. Anyway, so we drove just through Thornside for about 45 minutes and he absolutely nailed it. Like, he's only really had, you know, maybe four or five hours sporadically with everyone trying to give him some tips on how to drive and um he did stall it a couple of times but i think that's pretty common right with I'd people say learning that's natural. manuals like that happens and even in people who have their manual license yeah but um you know he kept his cool and um was driving and i was very impressed and like and maybe even a little bit envious because yes i don't know how to drive a manual car <laughs> yeah no i also only have my automatic license mm, and yeah, yeah i get twin sets and i get the envy and especially like when we go to ireland manuals are the that's main all car, have. really oh, yeah I pretty much that. um so it's always hard trying to like it would be very expensive to get an automatic over there but yeah i do um i do envy the manual i did learn to drive it at the beginning but then mm. At a certain point in life when I just need to get my license and I'd only been driving, driving automatics, I was like, fuck it, just do the auto test. Exactly, exactly. We definitely took the easy way out on this one, didn't we? Both well, of us. Besides the island trip, it hasn't hasn't sent back, back to too you. far. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not a deep, dark regret that you have. <laughs> 
wakes you up screaming in the middle of the night. Why did I not persist with learning to drive a manual car? <laughs> Laying awake at three in the morning. Yeah. God damn it. Damn it. Damn it. <laughs> uh, oh, very good. Well done, Loki. Anyway, that's really my my tidbit for this week. How about you? How's your week been, Stripper Bitch? Well, look, this week, as our dear listeners would know, I've been going on the Yellowstone journey finally mm. and finished that off um, to where they are, well, what they've released so far. So done the first part of season five. And notice mm. that there was eight episodes in that first part. So does that mean there's another eight coming? Because surely it wouldn't be just another two or three episodes. It's hard to say. Look, Tyler Sheridan really likes to fuck with your head, I think. So yeah. um, it's hard to say. Maybe. He could just bring out two more and be like, oh, yeah, he's part two, fuckers. And their movie length or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Um, but, but, you know, I've enjoyed it. I've, um, I get, it confuses me. Like the, I don't know if this is the right word, but the juxtaposition of Rip from when he's with the guys to when he's with Beth. Mm, it's mm. like such a completely different person i just don't know if that would actually be believable oh i see where you go well i do think you have to remember how he came came became part of yellowstone too so he's obviously got a softer side um but has been hardened based on his experience and what's Mm. been expected of him at the ranch. But I think he's a bit softer in these days than he ever was in the original seasons. Uh, In the original seasons, he'd just kill, 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 kill. He was pretty brutal. Um, But I also feel that the way they treated the boy at the beginning was bordering on child abuse. Yes, yes, yes. (laughs) Like he was uh, living in a barn that was full of cow shit. Yeah, and um, they didn't let him change his clothes for like weeks. He, he wore the same yeah. dirty, dirty clothes, and... and they just and they called him boy. But yeah. then um, he did call him son in the last episode when yeah. he was sad about him going away for a year. Yeah. But also, um, didn't he have a bit of a glow up? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, totally. Over do... nine months. <laughs> yes, he did shot up, and so is the other one, the other little boy. Um, I forgot his name. Well, Tate. Tate, yeah. He's but Tate's the same actor. <laughs> Yeah. Least. Oh no, it's it is the same actor. Are you sure? Yeah, hundred percent. It's definitely the same actor. He's just gotten all of a sudden older. He must have just had one. You know, sometimes how those boys have a growth spurt. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Wow. Well, his face changed a lot. It did change dramatically. Yes. Yeah. Oh well, that's good. That. That's, I guess because um, he had um that real baby face still yeah, about and him, and the pug and then, nose and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So and then it just with that. Gross, but it just stretched it out, yeah, I guess. Yeah, it got taller and it just pulled it all down. That was the best thing about those gross spurts at that time. Know, Eat whatever right. the fuck you want. <laughs> Learn very bad habits when it comes to your diet. Yeah. Don't put on any weight. And then one day you just gain 10 kilos. Yeah. <laughs> You're like, what the fuck happened? But just I do doing the same ask thing. You, um, what did you think about the rattlesnake scene? Oh, yeah, that was cool. Yeah, I yeah. think it's one of my favourite scenes of all time. Like, I just love the brutality of it. And Is this your de- asking? No, the man. De- the deserving nature yeah, of 100%. what happened. <laughs> yes. um, I'm still unsure about Jamie. Like, I felt sorry for him. Then I'm just like, oh, you're a dickhead with some of the stuff he does. Um, and I still think that woman's going to screw him over. Like, oh, without a doubt. That's the whole reason she's there. Yeah. That's what she does. She's like a closer. But the, and this is the thing that I think is they write Jamie's character very well. You strongly like 
feel sorry for him and actually think, oh, you poor, you poor bugger. Then he does something so terrible that you're like, oh, Ugh. you're just the worst. You're Vile. actually the worst. This is why people hate you. And then yeah. you start to feel sorry for him again because yeah. everyone's so horrible to him. And then he does something even more vile and you're just like, oh, you just deserve everything <laughs> you get. But when um, she found out that he was a father too in the car and oh, she God. absolutely lost it, that was brutal, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. That was, it's sad. She has a real massive chip on her shoulder and I get it, but mm, fuck mm. me, she's going, not letting him yeah. live that down at all. <laughs> um, and the other bit of news I have, so Vinny and I are off to Sydney tomorrow for the weekend. Ooh. We're going to go down and see our good friend Shelley um, in Bondi and we have a bottomless brunch booked in for Saturday morning. Oh, when will we learn how to bottomless <laughs> And we know how those go. Killer. Well, Vinny and I have made, tried to make a pact that, we're just not going to rush or like race. We're going to get our money's worth and then, you know, we'll move on. How many on. hours is it? Well, this one's only one and a half. So we're like, oh, maybe we Ooh. are going to have to rush. <laughs> but you won't have like the sanctity of your own home to return to either because mm. you're staying at someone's house. So you yeah. can't just go home, get your gym jams, be completely like slobbish for and like get the locked next out of, day. Get locked out of my apartment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh wow! Well, so um, that'll be fun. But I'll be sure to follow up with um with that story in our next episode. I look forward to it. So, what are we uh-huh. starting with? So, let's get cracking. Should we start off with Bruce Willis's dementia? Oh yes, let's talk about. It. Tyler's actually mentioned it to me a couple of times this week that he's taken a turn for the worst. It's not looking it's, good, yeah. I didn't yeah. even really know about it. Apparently it was announced last year. It was, yes. I remember when it was announced. But, yeah, I didn't really know anything about it. So when I saw the article come up and I, you know, obviously it was a bit shocked, so I had a look into it. And I've seen recently that his family have now announced that he's been diagnosed with a form of dementia called frontotemporal dementia. Mm. Um, and in a statement, the 60-year-old star's family stated that while the news is painful... It is a relief to finally have a clear diagnosis. They go on to say that today there are no treatments for this disease, a reality that we can hope change in years ahead. And as Bruce's condition advances, we hope that any media attention can be focused on shining a light on this disease that needs far more awareness and research. So I had a quick Google of frontotemporal dementia, and there's apparently seven stages of it. And so they are mild cognitive changes, changes in behaviour and sharpness, language difficulties, then implications of quality of life, personality changes and mood swings, memory deterioration, and then severe cognitive impairment and decline of health. So it's not a good diagnosis. And how quick it happens, I don't know, but I guess with everyone it could be different. Mm. It's a terrible disease, isn't it? Well, I think when it came out last year, like they're saying about the diagnosis, they're just... I guess not grateful isn't the word, but whatever they said about just now that they know. They can label They it. didn't know what it was. Yeah, they were no. saying it was some sort of um, regenerative, um, something where he was obviously losing mobility and, and all that stuff, but they they called it something else. Like they didn't, the, dementia wasn't mentioned at all, I think, when it came out because Tyler said to me, oh, he's got dementia now. And I said, oh, Jesus. he's got dementia. Jeez, what, on top of the other illness that he had or as a part of it? And Tyler's like, oh, I don't know. So I guess maybe they... Yeah, diagnosed this, as one thing and now they've determined it's another. Yeah, so this was, um, I think, only about a week ago when they came out with the actual diagnosis. And for our dear listeners at home, 
as we say, we are pre-recording. So a week ago is now probably a month ago. <laughs> but yeah, it's very sad. Um, do you have any favourite movies of his? So many favourite movies. Yeah. We actually just watched the other week and Tyler had never seen it was The Last Boy Scout. Oh, my God. I've got, yeah, I've got that as one of mine. Yeah. It was um, fantastic. It's such a great movie. And I'd seen it when I was younger and it came up. On, I think it's on Netflix at the moment. It's on one of them. And I said, Tyler, have you ever seen this? And he was like, no, I don't think I have. And I was like, let's put it on. Yeah. And Tyler was like, I can't believe I've never seen this movie. This yeah, is amazing. so fucking good, isn't it? The football. Because remember and... how it starts with the, the football player running across the field and then just it was like, you know, the game of his life, he gets a phone call from a bookie who tells him he's got to throw the game. Um, and then he just is, he gets the ball, he's running, 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 like trying to push through all the other players and then all of a sudden just pulls out a gun and just shoots a guy in the head and then shoots another couple and then shoots no. himself. That's how I it can't starts. I remember that. Yeah, no, I can't remember that. Yeah. And wow. um, so I was like, what is going on? And I was like, I actually forgot that that was Yeah, the me beginning. too. Because when um, we saw it, I was, I saw it when it first came out and I had it dubbed on a VHS and I used to watch it so many times. But a lot of that shit goes over your head when you're a kid, you know, or when you're younger, you don't really pick up on a lot of the stuff. Um, but I remember the puppet. Yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. And, and that little girl, I fucking loved her as an actress. She was in Roseanne for a bit as well. Yeah, she was in a few things. And then do you remember how he comes home to his wife? Do you remember that bit at the beginning as well? Is she cheating? Yeah. Yeah. Um, rewatch it, honestly. It's oh, yeah, no, totally worth a rewatch because... Um, yeah, it's awesome. It's an awesome movie. It's um, it's nice in a way, and a lot of people don't have this luxury that his family will have all these movies to be able to rewatch when he's yeah. not as good or when he's gone down or gone, and be able to see him relive him and when he was in his glory days and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Of course, there's totally. the Die Hard movies which we covered in our Christmas episode. But yes. did you ever see Hudson Hawk? I, I actually have never seen Hudson Hawk. I know the one. Yeah, is I it love good? That. Is it worth yeah. a watch even after all these years? Uh maybe. It like it's a comedy and he's a cat burglar with somebody and gets out of prison and he's got one last job to do. Mm. Um and I think it's set in Italy. Uh but it's it, there's a lot of comical shit about it. It's probably not as good as The Last Boy Scout, but mm. I enjoyed it. Sandra yeah. Bernhard's in it. Okay. Bunny, ball ball. Um, do you have Mercury Rising on there? See no. that? I don't think so. I only had those two movies down as some fun faves that I remembered. That's the one with the autistic kid, um, and can see all the numbers. And he comes. He's a he's a police detective or something, and he finds him. And his parents have been murdered. His carers have been murdered, and because he was the witness, they have to take him into police custody. But he's like he's high needs autistic, and it's played by that one kid of those that was in all those movies. Was he in yes. Kindergarten Cop? Yes, yes. Yeah. So, um, and he, oh, bowl actually, cut brown yeah, hair. he had the bowl cut. I don't think he's the kid you're thinking of a kid to cut, cut though. I could be wrong. Um, that's a really good movie, but we tried to find it and we couldn't find it anywhere after we watched, um, voice, last voice scout. Cause I said to her, let's go find all the Bruce. We do that sometimes. Sometimes when we watch a really good movie together, we're like, let's watch everything of this person's movie. Yeah. Um, and we couldn't find that one, but, and then the other one I love, is which is only sort of loosely and really is look who's talking that's one of my faves oh yes yeah that was it's good the voice of the baby <clears throat> yeah 
Yeah, and then look who's talking to the other Roseanne connection. She was a oh, girl. Yeah. Kind of loved Roseanne. She really fucked shit up, didn't she? Yeah, she did. You did love Roseanne a lot, Stupid didn't you? Stupid bitch, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's the Bruce, eh? Do you want to go into a little bit of maths, Reland? <gasps> yes, so Fuck can me, I... Hey? Firstly, say that um, I skipped through the second retreat episode because mm. I just had had a gutful. Oh, um, wow. See, I, I was rewinding bits in that going, I need to hear that again. See, I watched the first one, but it was more the, of the same stuff. And the whole Bronte and Harrison thing uh, was killing me. It was absolutely killing me. It's like the fact blowing. that she was supporting him. Yeah. After all the stuff that he'd said and done and talking about moving to Sydney, I was like, I can't. Just, so I just did can't. you see the part in the second episode of the retreat where he said to her, uh, Melinda and what's his name? Leyland? Leighton. Um, Their relationship's not good. He told me. Did you see where the girls crept up and listened to the boys? Yes. Their- so it all got recapped. <laughs> in, so I'm about just, just under halfway through the most recent episode. Okay. So I logged on, I went on last night to catch up and then I realised there was a second episode as well as the second retreat and I was like, I can't do two. I did um, three last night and Vinny even was okay with it. I went to go change it to something else after the two. He's like, do you really want to watch it? And I'm like, yeah. So I put it well, on. I skipped the retreat, went straight to that last one, got into the part where she says that they've broken up um, and that Taylor has gone back to Tassie. And yeah. they're getting ready for the din- they're getting ready for the dinner party. Is that what they're doing? Yeah. Yeah. They're getting ready for the dinner party. I oh, see so you've only seen the very beginning of it, really. Yes. To I the part have... where they were on the couch together and she tells him to leave and he's like, I don't understand why you're behaving this way. Like this He's such a fucking skeez. Oh, and I think do you know, like back to the wedding, his mother was there and she looked quite normal. And I feel like I just want to go up to her in public and say, what what's this? Seriously, like well, you're responsible for this fucker. Do something about him. He's your child. Remember, I can't remember if I spoke about this in a previous episode, but I was telling Vinny last night that his mother did a post on Instagram saying basically, um, you guys don't know the whole truth. Bronte has a lot to blame and she's really playing the victim in all this. Harrison's a really stand-up guy, yada, yada, yada. And then there's an edit underneath it saying, I had to switch off the comments to family and friends only because all you keyboard warriors out there. And I started looking at some of the comments and it was exactly what I was thinking and what you would be thinking. You're the reason why he's like this. A hundred percent. If you're condoning that behaviour, like... And telling him he's amazing because he thinks he knows everything he thinks he yeah. is everything he's actually revolting oh me. revolting revolt but and this is the thing like you know apart from the good tv that it makes they really do have to stop putting damaged girls with these fuck boys yeah, because she's proper damaged it's almost like prostitution in a way do you know what i mean like because yeah. they're in this situation where they're expected to have intimacy because they're fake married which is bullshit in itself yeah so there's all this and then there's that competition where the other ones who get along are having sex because they're young and attractive and why not and so everyone yeah. feels this pressure to have sex <laughs> to have a root yeah and you know she takes away any authenticity he, yeah. he, he talked shit about her the first time he slept with her. Then she went back and slept with him and still was like, oh, the sex is amazing. I know. And that's what they keep doing. Oh, we had just have wild sex. And he sat there like, <laughs> I'm just like, oh, gross. 
And that's so, what people say when they're trying to cover up that their relationship yeah, totally. is shit too. Oh, sex is amazing. Yeah. Okay, well, if it is, you don't tell everybody about it. Exactly, um, exactly. Um, so you did see the part where he said to Bronte that their relationship, that Leighton said to him that the relationship's toxic and he mm. feels like it's in hell basically being there. And so when Bronte went to confront Mel about Mel calling her naive and telling her that, you know, Harrison was a dickwad, she ends up bringing that up and Melinda's like, okay. So she goes to Leighton and she says to him, this is what Harrison's saying. I know it's bullshit, but you need to fucking call him out on this basically because he said he said this to you. I mean, that you said this to him, blah, blah, blah. And Leighton's all a bit pussy about it. He's like, I don't want drama. And so they have a little fight, but then Leighton realises he's got to say something, tells Mel, they have a big kiss and cuddle and shit. And then the fucking confrontation between the two of them, it was out of this world. So he brings it up and says about how, this is Leighton, brings it up with Harrison and says how Bronte said this to Melinda. And she's like, well, he goes, what do you say? Oh, I actually, um, I can't really remember. And then Bronte goes, well, you did say, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then they came, they started a little spack. And then he says to her under his breath, I really wish you hadn't have said anything. And she's like, I'm sorry. I obviously I misunderstood Harrison. I'm sorry. I'm sorry to everyone. And then she looks to Harrison, she's like, and I'm sorry to you too, okay? I'm sorry. And he goes to her, oh, no, no, it's fine. I've got your back, but I wish you hadn't have said that. I was like, and he's just turned it straight onto her again now. Based on it's just mind blowing to watch and her sort of backing into the corner under his fucking oh, spell. It's disgraceful, isn't it? It's so bad. And it was like, what's her face last time? You know, with the Texan, and she was a broken woman. Oh, yeah. And then t- they she put was her with this, this guy, like, yeah. you know, that just completely. I'm like, going I, to go now, Harley. I actually thought she was going to end up in an institution after that because I oh. thought she was that fragile that that level of rejection that she experienced was so brutal um, that she might not come back from it. <laughs> How's Bronte going to fucking uh, bounce back from any of that? Uh, why would you put yourself on that show when you, you know... And that's the other thing. Like, in that way. yes, they're looking for love and, yes, they're in it for the experiment, but, yes, mm. they're in it for the fame and the Instagram followers as well. Yes, they are. That's the only reason that Harrison's there, just to get famous oh. on TV. And um, he, he wants to come across like he's this fucking new age women's rights fighter guy and he's the most misogynistic oh. fucking manipulative pig. So you know how he hates Evelyn as well? Mm, See, the mm. two he has a big problem with is Evelyn and Melinda. Melinda. And they're both stunning women and they both have zero interest in Harrison. And that's mm. the reason why he hates them and he's trying mm. to pull them apart because mm. he can't stand the fact that they don't want anything to do with them. He even said to Evelyn, um, I have no opinion about you whatsoever. What I've noticed is you're rude and arrogant. I thought, well, that's an, an opinion. And he goes, and you ignore me. And that's the kicker because she ignores him. He can't fucking yeah. stand it. Yeah. But I got some other fun quotes from the night that I just had to write down. Please, please go ahead. Um, when I think Evelyn says about Bronte, she goes, she's drinking the Harrison Kool-Aid. She's shotting it. <laughs> and I was like, yes, she is. You know the Kool-Aid, <laughs> don't you, from that? Uh, you said... 
Yes, I know. Did she, um, have you got the quote about the devil, about her needing an exorcism? Have you got that oh, one down? Oh, no, I don't. Remember and when she then... said she needs an exorcism from Harrison, the devil on her shoulder or something oh, like yes. that? Oh, yes, yeah, 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 because she's got this one and yeah. the devil is Harrison. Yeah. All right, so my next one, and I want to get this one before I get too many bubbles into me. It's a big one too, is the Aussie woman who's now facing a death penalty in the US. Oh, I was hoping it was Madeleine McCann. I wanted to hear the saga there. Oh, that one's not as long as this one. Okay, go on. So mum of six, Lisa Cunningham, could be the first Australian woman on death row in the United States if she's found guilty over her stepdaughter Sana's death. So Cunningham, who's 48, has been behind bars in Arizona since her and her husband, Jermaine, were arrested over the six-year-old's death in 2017. They're both charged with one count of first-degree murder and several counts of child abuse to which they pleaded not guilty. It's kind of it's an interesting case. It's one of those, did they, didn't they? So if the couple are convicted, prosecutors have indicated they will apply for the death penalty, something of which Australia strongly imposes. The 48-year-old was born and raised in Adelaide and has been waiting for a day in court since her arrest, which was in 2017. I find and it fascinating that much more high-profile cases get a, like, you know, court date so quickly when someone like that, watch, so what, it's like nearly six years she's been in prison? Yeah, and... And she's, and she's convicted of killing a child. Why don't you just put it to the top do you know what I'm saying like there might yeah there might be a whole lot of investigation they have to maybe, do maybe yeah but since um she's since learned as well that her trial has now been delayed until September 2024 mm. she now has to remain behind bars at the Estrell Estrella women's jail charged over a crime she says never occurred they, her lawyer says, this is one of the worst cases of miscarriage of justice that I've ever experienced in my practice. Lisa's not a criminal, she's a mother. So Sana Cunningham, who was Jermaine's biological daughter, died in February 2017. In the months leading up to her death, after she turned six, the family noticed concerning changes in her behaviour. So the mother says, we watched her change from a perfectly normal, vibrant six-year-old. She'd forget how to do basic tasks like turn a doorknob or open a water bottle. The family couldn't understand what was happening to their little girl. And in July 2016, Sana was diagnosed with acute schizophrenia. Her parents said that she'd been tearing at her skin and hearing voices urging her to kill. She would urinate and defecate on the floor inside the house and gauge at, gauge, gouge at her eyes. Child safety authorities oh. visited the Cunningham house when I was six years old visited the Cunningham household twice, and Cunningham said that they watched Sana decline and knew of her condition. In the last few months of 2016, her behaviour rapidly deteriorated. They said, we were jumping up and down, saying something's wrong. Her quality of life is changing, her behaviour is changing, her personality is changing, and they gave us things to sedate her so the effects were not known. I was irrational and I was hysterical, the mother says, with these people because you can't give me a bottle of pills, a bottle of pills, and tell me to take my six-year-old home so she sleeps for 20 hours a day. Nobody would help us. So the investigation ensues. By early 2017, the six-year-old's condition was not improving and she had cuts and sores that wouldn't heal. In January that year, a psychiatrist prescribed Sana an adult antipsychotic medicine called Risperdal of which pneumonia is a side effect. 
On, the fe on February 10, Sana began having flu-like symptoms, which lasted for at least a day. In the early morning of February 12th, Cunningham discovered Sana unconscious in a bed and rushed her to hospital. Five hours later, she was dead. Her cause of death was ruled as sepsis, poisoning of the blood, possibly the result of her wounds or acute bronchitis. The mother said, we had to bury her because no one took it seriously. Nobody was murdered here, nobody was killed, and nobody was abused. Initially, authorities didn't suspect anything untowards, untoward had occurred. But months later, police took a closer look and charged Cunningham and her husband with Sana's murder. So it's months later, so I'm assuming the child's buried by now. This is like a true crime app. I know that, but it's totes relevant for what's the hats considering. Police alleged that Cunningham's neglect... The, the Cunninghams neglected and abused Zana, forcibly restraining her with zip ties and handcuffs. Apparently, Zana had a bone deep cut on her foot and more than 60 scars and 100 cuts and bruises on her body. Apparently, they alleged they found incriminating texts between the couple, including one saying how the girl was zip tied to a water container to let other children sleep. Um, the mother claims that they were forged and were not on her phone the day Zana died. The oldest daughter of Cunningham, and I can't find her age online, stands by her mother saying our family's been destroyed of all the people on this planet to be accused of such a horrendous crime against someone she loved dearly. It boggles my mind. She's set to face a pre-trial hearing next month. The Australian Department of Foreign Affairs and Trade is providing consular assistance to the 48-year-old. So it's, it's horrendous, isn't it? It's so scary. Imagine if she like cuts and the scratches, if they're saying she's got this psychosis drug. And I've seen little kids back in the day when they were on heavy Ritalin, when they were just discovering ADHD medication and what, literally pulling their hair out, twisting out their hair and pulling that shit. So you'd imagine the bruises and the cuts could have come from her just fucking mm, mm. picking at herself. Who knows why she wasn't healing, if it had to do with the medication or, or what. The bone deep ones seem pretty. Like, That's it. Yeah, I mean, but she could have stepped hard on to something. Explain. Or... Yeah, yeah, true, true, totally. But yeah, but still, if it's like that, like if there's such a question of doubt, again, why keep her in prison all that time? And put the death penalty on the table. Like, actually, figure out what happened and accuse the woman and let her be stand up in front of a jury and tell the story so that people can actually, that like the legal system can yeah. work the way it's supposed to. Don't keep her in jail for seven years. Well, it'll be nearly eight years, won't it, by next year? Yeah. And, like, what, does she get any compensation if found guilty or...? Not guilty, you mean? Yeah, not guilty, sorry, yeah. Well, it depends because if they'd come back with a manslaughter charge... Um, ...and served. say there's things that she could have done differently, but what could she have done if it's legitimate? Yeah. Because she was but... trying to get help and then... Yeah, exactly. And that's the other thing. Like they've got all this record of mm. them trying to help their daughter and all these drugs the daughter is being prescribed and people, child services, looking at her and seeing the decline in her health. Yeah, it's crazy. That's really fucking sad, man. It's very sad. That makes me really sad. Yeah, sorry about that. Like I said, I know it's not true crime, but pretty big deal. And, and Aussie as well. Can we um, just briefly talk about Eurovision? Yes. So the reason I wanted to bring it up, and we will go into a lot of detail. Um, in our Eurovision special, our Eurovision airing special. early May, guys. Look out so I'm not going to talk specifically about the acts, but I just want to talk about how it's taken over my life. 
Good. And yet last year was my first year. And Tyler likes to say that he caused the obsession because he was the one who brought me tickets to Australia ah, Decides. Yes. And do you remember last year I was a bit of a rookie, so I didn't even know the playlist was out until you shared it with me and said, oh, the whole playlist is out. You should start listening. And then once we started listening, we became obsessed and that's all we did for like months yeah. was just listen to it nonstop, nonstop, nonstop. You know, the, the changes in our favourite to the ones we hated yes. became ones we loved and yeah. the ones we loved in the beginning became ones we were sick of. And Yeah, it's kind of happening again with this playlist. Well, we're at the point where we've just been watching it obsessively to the point where every night we sit down and just watch the new videos that have come out. <laughs> I love that. Just to see them, just to actually watch them on the screen. And I wait, <clears throat> like I check it every morning, the Eurovision page on Facebook to see what's what's expected to come out and then wait throughout the day. And then on my way home from work, I, I pick up the ones that are new and make sure those songs are first and listen to them on my way home. Yeah. And then we come home, we watch them together and Tyler and I discuss it. So <laughs> like Tyler is so invested in what's coming out next. Um, he's convinced France is the is the winner of all time. Yeah. Um, but last night we sat there and watched the Eurovision of all time, the best, the most highest rated ones on YouTube. Oh, cool. <laughs> and sat there going through the really old ones. And there was one that won it. I think it was Norway, but it had extreme Irish vibes and it was a really pretty girl and she didn't have shoes on and then there was all flute players and stuff in the background. Um, I think it was Norway and it was so good. And then there was also another one with a guy singing and I think they won it that year and I can't think of what it was. And there's a, there's a, they're all doing push-ups on the ground and doing all these acrobats. Yes. Yeah. Um, and I then know. there's two chicks. That, oh, it's um, fairy tale. I think it is. I'm in love with yes! a fairy tale. I love Even that. Yeah. That is like, honestly, I'm obsessed with it. I love it. I love it. I Excellent. love it. That's what Vinny and I did last year. And I think the year before we we watched, and like I made you watch when we came down to Central Coast. Yes, something. You, you have tried for years and years and years to get me involved in it. And I'm always like, ugh, 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 stop making me watch these dumb videos. I'm so sick of it. But you always force me anyway. Um, in fact, it becomes one of the things we end up getting into, like, huge debates over yes. when we're drinking. I'm like, no more Eurovision! <laughs> and you're like, literally grab my face with that one more. Just one Watch more. it. Watch it. Watch the screen. <laughs> yeah, but there's some good specials on there, like, um, and SBS have done a few with um, Joel and Miff of, like, the biggest controversies of Eurovision and Which you've maybe of. watched twice. Yeah. There's some good shit in there. There's some interesting facts. I love it. But Vinny and I did one thing on YouTube one night where we watched every winning song that has been in Eurovision since it came out. Wow. Tyler <laughs> yeah. will totally be up for that. But like literally while we've been talking, I get I got a message update from him going, UK's out, UK's out. Yeah, because I'm interested to hear how they say this. We thought it was out earlier and I was really waiting for Israel, which came out this morning too, because Israel last year, I don't know if you remember, I am David. Um, I hated it in the beginning. Absolutely hated it. Couldn't stand it. And by the end, it was um, the guy. It was really a a really camp song. Um, Oh, yeah, yeah. Did I like it? You loved it. You loved it. I don't think it did very well in the end. I can't remember if it got to the final or not, but I loved it by the end. Um, The same with Italy last year. I've become obsessed with it again. Like, I can't stop watching it Um, and trying to sing along in Italian. And this is the other thing. 
I watched the Italian ones. I'm like, damn it, I wish I knew Italian. I watched the French ones. I'm like, damn it, I wish I could speak French. So yes, I, could sing the I words. know. Oh, the Italian one this year. Um, I liked it on the playlist. And that's the thing. So with when Tyler said about mm-hmm. France, mm-hmm. I listened to it and I was like, eh, it's okay. And then I watched the video of it and I was like, ooh, she's going to do good in the live performance. Same with Italian. So the Israel from last year was, I know I am. am. I know I am. I am. I am. I am. Um, but I find it's the other way. I see the video and I'm like, eh, I'm not sure how I feel about it. And then I hear it a bunch of times when I'm in, driving in my car and I'm like, I really like this. Yeah, you know? yeah. So there's about, so last night there was five to come out and then Israel and the UK are out now. So there's still three to come out. Yes. So Sweden. I'm not, I'm not convinced with that tattoo one. We watched it last night and I know that that's a possible finalist, but obviously she's probably going to get through because she's a previous winner. Um, Who's I don't this? know that I'm. This is Lorraine, Lauren. Oh, did she win? No, no, no. They haven't decided uh, yet. Okay. I don't think they decide until another week or so. Um, so, yeah, I, I've seen it. I haven't again, listened to it yet. It's hard to say because sometimes I see them, I don't like them at all, and then I end up loving them. Yeah. So, Well, there's one called Carpe Diem, I think. Oh, yes, 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 yes. I the Joker. Love Joker that. The Joker or something is the band. Yeah. Joker out or something like that. And he is, he does things to me. When I saw the video clip, I was like, oh, I like this a lot more now. My basement is flooded. <laughs> what about the um, one who is very Justin Bieber vibes and has the little heart under his eye and wears the pink jacket? Um, oh, yeah, I like that song too. Yeah, it's really growing on me. Oh, cha-cha-cha. Cha, oh, no, th- cha, that's cha, a different cha, one. Cha-cha-cha. Cha-cha-cha has grown on me, and I think Tyler reckons that they're tipped to win it, like in the odds, you know. like really? Um, but that's and, those odds you can't go by because it's still got Sweden as number three and they haven't yes, even released their song yet. Yes, and also um, I the first few times I heard Cha Cha Cha, I hated it. Now I'm at, it's super growing on me, yeah. especially when he does the worm behind them, like and See, the girls are like on the ground and he's I like haven't behind really watched them. the clips. <laughs> we watch all the clips tonight. We're, we're like... <laughs> next level this is what we do every night now is like go through them again look at the new ones and then go back to our faves and rewatch all our faves oh, i love that all right let's move on to madeline mccann oh go start I've, I haven't read anything all i've seen is the bits and pieces on the front of the magazines when i go into woolies um and a little bit i just saw that they were making someone do dna or something who well, claimed that she was the daughter Yes, so Madeline Madeline McCann's parents have recently agreed for um, a DNA test to be done from this from this girl Julia Wendell, who sent the internet into an absolute frenzy recently, claiming that she was missing child Madeline McCann. So for those who don't know, where have you been? But Madeline McCann um, was a three-year-old British girl who went missing from a bed in a holiday apartment in Portugal in two thousand and seven. Mm. while her parents were meters away at a restaurant with friends and mm. she's obviously never been found since i was at london at the time it happened it was massive oh i vividly remember it happening i remember how awful yeah, it was yeah huge so julia is a young polish woman who took the internet took to the internet about the claim when she realized she had similar features to madeline including a rare eye fleck that they both share and the same freckle on their leg amongst other similarities she was four, wasn't she? She was three. Three. But yeah, still very young. Still, you have to say, why would you leave a three-year-old? I know, I know. Unsupervised. I know. Even if you are just a little, you know, where were they? Like just downstairs were, or something. So they well, left those, in... 
yeah, they were sort of just down the road a little bit. And they kept going back and checking. And I think there was an older brother as well or an older sibling there. Oh, yeah, I get that. And I'm sure they are also feeling that sting. But you can't say it was the 80s. It was a different time. Yeah, the 80s was different. <laughs> Still. 2007. You know? I'm telling you right now, my mother wouldn't have left me in a hotel room in a different country yeah. um, at three. Three's a, three's a baby still. They're yeah, brothers. that's too young. If the older siblings were like teenagers, sure. Yeah, um, but, but I think it may have been a six-year-old or something. Yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a questionable decision. So um, Julia went on to say in her internet posts how her parents have avoided answering any questions about her childhood. There's apparently no pictures of her mother pregnant with her and they can't answer questions like, where's my missing birth certificate? Since then, though, the claims, since the claims have come out, people have also noticed similarities between her and a missing Swedish girl, Swedish girl or a Swiss girl. Um, so while they think she might not be Madeline, they still think she could be the victim of a child trafficking situation still. So the McCann's have agreed. Which might give additional leads potentially. Exactly. So the McCann's have um, agreed to a DNA test, um, which would be an absolute showstopper if she is right, and she actually is. However, I did read today that a source close to the parents said, the family are taking no chances. They're willing to look at all leads. It's important they look at all of the factors and the girl does look similar. There's no disputing that. But in and late... you can't, um, you know, test everyone who comes forward and says of that course. they could, you know, like because you know that you just open this whole gate, this blood totally. gate of people going, I know, I know, who's going to pay for attention. all that? And yeah, you know, exactly. So, but late February, a private detective called Francisco Marco, who led the hunt for Maddie after her disappearance. I know that name because I've seen it come up yes. in previous stuff that I've read about it. He says he's carried out analysis, which rules out the possibility of Julia being the missing girl. But that's not DNA specific, so, you know, you never know. Since coming out with the news, her family have, have, of course, disputed the claims, saying that Julia took pictures of her childhood and her birth certificate when she left the home and that she always wanted to be famous. So alluding to this as a publicity stunt, which is hectic when you think about it, because if the truth comes out, she really is her family's daughter and she had all this information. There's some serious backlash coming. Like, what do you expect to achieve when you're trying to say, take a DNA test on me, I'll prove it? Yeah, you'll get your five minutes of fame, but you but won't. then you'll be hated. Yeah, and you will just fade into the background like everyone yeah. does. Yeah. So she's recently fled to the US after receiving countless death threats, including one that puts a $48,000 bounty on her head. Julia Wendell was whisked away from her homeland by California-based private detective, and you'll love this, psychic medium, Fia Johansson, who is working on the case and believes she could be the key to cracking it. Dr Johansson is famous for working with police and private investigators to solve missing persons cases around the world. And I've not said, heard of her, and I know lots of stuff about mediums. You do. What was that? What was the um, Arquette? Alison Dubois-Plus. <laughs> So this one said that Wendell was not safe in Poland. She said Wendell felt terrified after receiving threats and vile sexual messages from her online haters. Dr. Johansson, who believes that there are a lot of unanswered questions surrounding the mystery, flew to Poland last week where she talked to the 21-year-old's doctors, 21-year-old's doctors, school friends and police about the case. 
It's a very intriguing mm. what's going and to come if, out of this. If you were, you know, involved in a child trafficking ring um, and she's a link somehow, whether directly to Madeleine McCann or mm. what she's saying about her background could be true, um, they would want her dead. Do you know what I mean? Yes, like, 100%. She's, she's living evidence mm. of potentially <clears throat> what and could if, happen. She's a link. And if what she says is true, that she, you know, even if she's not Madeline, but she feels she's the victim of a child trafficking um, event, then, yeah, fucking how brave to actually come out and publicly say this. Mm-hmm. I've seen some photos. I Like, I, I the fleck in the eye, obviously that's hard to... You know, Nick. yeah, exactly. Um, but I don't think that she looks enough like her to actually be the child from the photos that I've seen. Yeah. Um, but you know, that's just, Who knows? yeah. Just what I've seen at the front of Woman's Weekly. <laughs> Her side <laughs> profile. <day. laughs> yeah. uh, now I've and got I'm a, no expert in facial recognition either. I know. It'll just be the outcome of it. It's just going to be really interesting. And hopefully, you know, this girl finds peace in whatever way she needs to get it. It's interesting, though. It'll be interesting to see how it unravels. Definitely, definitely. So I've got a little fun one for you. Mm-hmm. You may have seen it, I don't know. But I'm going to start with, a bride was left horrified after catching her groom, dot, dot, dot. So... A wedding makeup artist has claimed one of her brides almost called off her wedding after discovering a secret about the groom. Apparently, the makeup artist had just finished the bride's face and hair when the bride said she needed to use the restroom. The bride walked into the toilet and apparently saw what she saw was enough to end the wedding. What do you think she may have seen, please? Oh, I don't, I have no idea. So it involves the groom. And the makeup artist? No, in the restroom. I don't know. So one might assume he was cheating on his bride with another woman. Oh, man. that's obvious. I thought it would be a little bit more um, spectacular than that. But Potentially a- taking drugs in the toilet in the lead up to the ceremony. I feel like that's a common thing. <laughs> so no, he was actually caught being breastfed by his mother. No fucking way. Yes. So despite the bride's obvious shock, the planner claims she still went ahead with the wedding. So what really country? Intrigued. Where is this? What country was it? Uh, America or England. So it's like a... So it's not a cultural thing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. But I'm intrigued what your thoughts are on this, please. And would you like some bitty? <laughs> oh. Look, I have. What <laughs> <laughs> do you think is an appropriate age to get the the, especially a boy child off the tit? I think once they've got teeth, <laughs> you got to get them off. That's it. <laughs> the damage that can come through from that. And also, you have to get your life back too, ladies. Like, come on. <laughs> yeah. Did you breastfeed? <laughs> yes, I did. Um, exclusively for three months. It was pure horror. Yeah. Um, and then over the next couple of months, weaned him off. But um, the thing about boys, I think it's a bit different for girls. And look, I look, I know so many people who've successfully breastfed boys for you know the required time or past that or whatever they want to do. But um, boys are hungry little fuckers. 
got to grow. And all they want is to just be on the tit. And in the end, I found that was all I was doing. I didn't do anything else but just sit there with Link feeding. Attached to titty. And I, my, I was at the point where I was like going insane. I was yeah. like, I can't continue to do this. And people kept saying to me, just persevere for a little bit longer. It will get better, you know, and you will find that he will, you know, stabilize and eat at certain times and blah, blah, blah. But I was like, no, it's hard enough being a new mum with everything that comes with it and, you know, all the challenges that you yeah. face with your beautiful baby who you adore but also are like, oh, my God, give yeah. me five minutes peace yeah. um, to also be tied down in that way. And, you know, <laughs> I remember Link's dad coming home and me still sitting on the couch in the position that he left me in the morning and the house would be absolutely fucking a bomb shelter and he'd be like, what have you done all day? And I'd be like, <sighs> Are you serious right now? Your face sunken from the lack of fluids that have just come out of your tear. Yeah. I need a cigarette. Just take him. Please take him. And then the moment someone else would take him, the screaming would ensue. So it's like, uh, you know, they might get taken away, but then they just scream and scream and scream because you never know how much they're getting. With a bottle, you can be like, well, they're screaming for another reason because they've had this many meals. Yeah. Um, so you know that they're not hungry. They're just being a little prick. Yeah. <laughs> whereas, got a dry nappy and they've just woken up from a nap. <laughs> yeah, there, there's no measurement on your yeah. boobs, you know what I'm saying? So yeah, yeah, you don't yeah. know if they're getting nothing. Or they've had um, a shit ton. If they're getting air, if there's something wrong with your milk, um, or if they're just greedy little fuckers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so obs, I, um, I can't really comment as a non-parent and a non-breastfeed up myself. But I strongly can, believe if they've got teeth, off the tip. Off the tip. You don't want that shit in the room. And yeah. I know that some people do breastfeed their children for quite a while up until five, six. It's and stuff. definitely the healthier, and I totally agree that it's the healthier alternative. And, you know, I wish I had persevered with Link, but I also needed to do that for yeah. my own mental state. And I imagine <laughs> to some people too, it would be a sort of hard thing to sort of lose the bond of that. Mm. as well but yeah yeah, yeah and it's easier it is easier in terms of bottles because bottles have to be sterilized and they yes. go through so many so there's that as well when if they, they just put a wipe on night, a, a wet wipe yeah. over your nipple and you've got to go <laughs> yeah exactly you just grab them just put them into bed with you there you go yeah. go back to sleep That's but otherwise you've got to go to the fridge you've got to heat the bottle yes. you've got to give it to them you've got to hold <laughs> it for them yeah yeah oh, interesting okay so speaking about food <laughs> Wendy's the burger joint, American yeah. burger joint is coming to Australia and I am fucking living for it. Well, so. we had a conversation about this a while ago. We were talking about Wendy's and I remember saying to you because I had it in New Zealand because mm. it was right down the road from your house in Auckland. Yep. Um, and I can't remember, Link was small. It was hard to enjoy food a lot back then because, you know, there was yes. always a... Mum, read this for me. <laughs> <laughs> Most of the time my food got cold and I'd be trying to eat it while we were moving on to something else, you know. Um, so I remember like the variety of it being like, wow, look at all these things that I can get. Yeah. But I don't remember if I loved it or hated it. Oh, I loved it. Like, I, so, Yeah, I thought you did. Because you're right. They had the variety. They had stuff that others don't you have. You don't normally have, Like yes. the Baconator burger is fucking yeah. amazing. They're Frosties. Yeah. 
Do you remember the thick shakes that you get served with a spoon? They're that thick. I think you told me to get one, but I think we might have been on our way to the airport or something and it was just too much and I knew Link was still little. Remember how little yes. Link was? And I was like, oh, it's too much effort. Um, so I didn't get one, but I remember you raving about the Frosties. Well, we'll, we'll definitely be doing a Wendy's visit when this happens. Mm. So the massive US fast food chain will soon be setting up shop in Australia with hundreds of stores to be rolled out across the country. Yep. So in, a, in an exclusive interview with the Australian Financial Review, hashtag Financial Times, Wendy's <laughs> chief developer... <laughs> Wendy's chief development officer, Abigail Pringle... <laughs> Ooh. So, I know. So, of the Pringle fortune, I don't know if that's true. Mm. Said there is a clear sure potential. <laughs> said there is a clear potential for the restaurants to thrive in Australia. Well, duh. Have you seen the fucking shit we have around here? We believe Australia is a lucrative market for long-term growth. We think that the Australian market could be hundreds of restaurants. Miss Pringle <laughs> said that while introducing Wendy's stores to the Australian Some vinegar market, sour cream, please. Sour cream and chives, all the way. Um, to That's the Australian... not vinegar, baby. Oh, really? Or the old cheese that they got rid of. Remember the cheese ones, the cheddar cheese that they used to have? That was my favourite. I, I pretty much just ones. ate the sour cream ones and the plain ones. They're all right. Salt and vin- <laughs> and the, the plain ones are good, but the salt and vinegar are amazing. <laughs> so they think it's going to be a successful move but they need to ensure stores are rolled out at the right time and handed over to the right partner. Hurry up, I say. Yeah. Um, So Wendy's will be following in the footsteps of US fast food chain Taco Bell, Mm. who made a successful entry into the Australian market in 2019. Not if you go to the Cleveland one, it's dead. after, (laughs) After two failed attempts in 81 and 97. And I'm still not sure they've made a successful entry. Mm-mm, no, I so, don't mind it. I my sister hates it. She thinks it's horrible. Um, link, like it's not something that you wake up and go, oh fuck. Like you know, has how sometimes you go, I really KFC, feel like a singer, or I really Macca's. feel like a Big Mac. Yeah. Um, I definitely don't think that. But sometimes I'll drive past and be like, oh, maybe I'll get that for lunch on my way back from wherever I'm going. Um, I do never do. No, look, because uh, it came out up here when we were living on the Central Coast. Yeah. So when we used to come back for visits, we'd always get, let's go to Taco Bell. And we'd yeah. have it. So it was a bit of a novelty for us. And then they opened one in Newcastle. And we went there once or twice on the coast. Um, I always liked it, but it's it, it, when you go there, there's no one there. And they've just put that new one at Cooparoo there where the KFC is across from the Maccas. Yeah. Um, I think that will probably get a better clientele because of where it is in the heart of things. There's um, one up at Annalee as well, which is right That was the first one, wasn't it? The and first same busy thing, one. I never see yeah. their drive through packed yeah. or I never really see but, cars there. And I just have really no desire. Vinny and I went to it when it, we were in Vegas in 2017 and, yeah, didn't enjoy it. Yeah. The, the crunch wrap is quite nice. Uh, but we were, Link and I, was funny, we were talking about in the car this afternoon because I was saying to him, oh, you heard that Wendy's because Link's obsessed with American food. Obsessed. Yeah, like me he's too. Obsessed with American at his stuff. age, yeah. At his age, I was the exact same. I just I would research mm. shit on America and write in books what I was going to do. Yeah. <laughs> when I went there, and Wendy's was one of them. <laughs> but um, he said to me, he was like, you know what? Um, because I said to him, I feel like it's. I, I'll, of course, when it comes, immediately we'll go and have it. Like wherever yeah. it is, we'll line up and you know do yeah. whatever we do. Like Taco Taco Bell when it came, there was lines for ages. Like when it first opened at Annalee, I remember 
people used to go there and it was absolutely packed, but then the novelty wore off as it does. But um, Link said to me, he goes, oh, yeah, whatever. He goes, you know, but give me an In-N-Out or a um, Popeye's Uh, Chicken or a, he said a couple of other ones. What are the other really popular ones? Shake Shack. No, not that one. It was another. It was another chickeny one. He said Popeye's chicken in and out, and there was a third one. He said, "Why don't they come here?" Because um, he's not that excited about Wendy's. But I said, "You actually have had it, love. You had it when you were about when four. you were a child." Yes. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned In and Out and Popeye's because we did both of those in America when we were over there as well. In and Out is, eh, it's like mm. they. I think they have one burger. And that's the whole thing about in and out is yeah. you get either one patty, two patty, or three patties. Yeah. And that's it with your burger and your chips and whatnot. And Popeye's chicken was all right, but um, we got that in Vegas. And I think we, yeah, just in Vegas. And it's it was okay. It was kind of like a KFC. I remember the other one, chicken fillet. Oh, Chick Fil A. Chick Fil A. That's the yeah. other one that he was saying bring that one to Australia because he yeah. reckons they're the three ones that he knows are really popular in the states. And he's yes. like, um, I would really love to have a. Um, is it Grace Papaya? Grace Papaya. Uh, I know the hot what you're dogs. Saying. The hot yeah. dogs in in New York. Yeah, I know and what you're saying. It's in that saying. movie Fools Rush In with right. um, Matthew Perry and Salma Hayek. Right. And he in he moves to. Las Vegas and she flies them in and he's like, these are the best hot dogs in the world. Oh, I'm not I really a hot dog person. Oh, see, I love a good hot dog. I no. do love a good hot dog, yeah. I, I'm not going to lie. I did line up at the bottom of the Alex when the Alex was closing and you get those hot dogs to remember them that have the, and you'd get it extra with onion and bacon and, but they were sausages. I just don't really like the big long frankfurts. Oh, see, I do love a Frankfurt. And we do that for the kids quite often. Like it's an easy thing to do. Like if they're staying at my house, I just go buy a bunch of hot dogs. Mum does the same. Get the hot dog buns. Yeah. You know, sauce, mustard, onions. It's easy. And And it's it's fun for them. Yeah, yeah, they love it. Yeah. So um, the one I really want to try that I haven't had is Shake Shack because I think their thick shakes are meant to be amazing and I love thick shakes. Um, Chick-fil-A, I think we had an opportunity to go there, but I haven't because... I remember reading in the past during the whole marriage debate in America, they were very much against um, the gays and that their company has put a lot of money into, uh, you know, Republican campaigns and people that I do not support the same views of. Same with Seraphis Coffee. Do you know that they um, donated a lot of money against the gays? Seraphis? I did not know that. Mm. Um, But I do. Or use Nivea products. The only thing I enjoy about Zarafas is that it has the drive-through. Um, yes. But like I said, I'm a coffee snob, so I get I find my cafe and then I frequent it regularly. And I only go to a Zarafas if I'm really desperate. I only get my almond milk mocha hazelnut extra shot <laughs> no, coffee. I'm on a mocha. I mean, I'm on a almond milk flat white extra shot now because of the calories. Oh, she's taken the mocha out. Yeah, so now in my cafe, they ring it up before I even, like, as soon as they see me pull into the car park, they ring it up for me. I love they know, that, and yeah. I was like, ah. Oh. It's like when you're a local at the pub and they walk up and the pot of beer already appears in front of yes. them. You're like, there you go. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I wanted to talk about Daisy Jones and the Six, which has just become a new show on Paramount featuring, uh, what's, I forget her name, the one who's Elvis Presley's do- granddaughter. Oh, um, Priscilla, not Priscilla's, Priscilla. Priscilla's daughter. Uh, it's Riley Keogh. Riley Keogh, I think her name is. 
K-E-O-G-H. Yes. Um, so she's in it, and it's also got the guy from, what's the movie where he's in the wheelchair with the chick from Game of Thrones? No. So it's the movie where she becomes a caretaker and it's based on a book. Oh, what's the fucking name of it? And she goes to the house and she's desperate for money and she starts working for him and he's a, he was like this billionaire um, adventurer and he had an accident. I can't remember if it was from skydiving or parachuting or whatever it was and he's full. So he can't move his arms, can't move his legs, like sips out of a straw, like he can just move his neck sort of thing. And she goes to look after him. Oh, it's a great. The book's amazing. The book, I cried for days over that book. It's and not then they the Nightingale? No. Um, look up, what's her name? The one so, out of Game of Thrones. Um, the um, Khaleesi. Oh, Lisa's story, Me Before You. Me Before You. Yes, that's it. Because that's so the guy you're talking about played Finn in. Um, he was in the Hunger Games as well. Yes, 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 yes. He's in heaps, heaps and heaps. Sam Claflin. That's it. That's it. Anyway, so I've had this book right on my. So do you remember when we did um, the Stonewall riots? Yes. And I said to you about how I'd read a book. Yes. Yeah. And um, it talked about the stone. Yeah. And I said to you, I'm going to give you this because you would actually love it. And it's by a chick called Taylor Jenkins Reid. Hang on, let me have a look. Yeah, Taylor Jenkins Reid. I've read a bunch of her books. They're the kind of books that you absolutely can't put down. And so I, you know, I haven't finished Boys Followed Universe, but I've had this book on my bookshelf, like next to my bed for months, like before I got Boys Follows Universe. And so it's not that I don't like Boys Follows Universe because I did. I just can't explain why I couldn't get back into it. I kept picking up, reading a few pages, yeah. putting it down. And then it's every time I'd be like, to sort of read in one go to, and then yeah I'll and read I, a big chunk and then read more yes. yeah and I'm about three halfway through I'm at the part where he goes to the train station after he escapes from the hospital where he gets his fingers cut off uh, so yeah. I, but I just not the Dutton's train station yeah <laughs> I stopped reading it because it ended up being this thing where I couldn't I was not interested in going back and it's not because it's boring in any way because it's a great book from what I read I just I don't know maybe the pressure was building up or something yeah, in my yeah, brain yeah. I just yeah. was like so I had all these other books that I wanted to read and Daisy Jones and the Six is one of these Taylor Jenkins read books and every time I pick them up, I've literally read them in a day or two. They're so good. And um, it's been there and then I realized, I knew they were making a TV show out of it and now it's on Paramount and it keeps coming up in my previews showing me and I have to turn it off straight away because I'm like, I don't want to see anything because <laughs> the book's literally been on my nightstand for like a year. Right. The next one that I will read after Boy Swallows Universe. So I said, you know what? I'm like, I have to sacrifice it to move yes. on to the next thing because I haven't read in so long. So I picked it up on Monday night, read half of it. Um, oh, wow. In the bath. <laughs> wow. Then put it on my nightstand and my dog grabbed it and ripped the whole front cover off it. Oh, no. um, which he's never done before. I always have books next to my bed and he's yeah. never done that before. I wonder if that's so it's a sign of something. <laughs> Here and I couldn't put it down. And here I am today, went at Link's hospital appointment, reading it with a ripped cover, like, and it's in chunks too, like it's full tattered. Like it's like if people look at me, they must be like, "Why is she reading this book with like?" Ripped like <laughs> my dog. I'll, I'll post a photo of it. Like it's insane what he did to it. Um, so when I'll use it in our promos. <laughs> anyway.
anyway, so I'm desperate to see the show and I haven't yet finished the book, but it is another one that I just absolutely can't put down. The only reason I haven't finished it this week is because I've had football on and other stuff that I'm just, and it's like one of those ones that I can't stop thinking about. I'm like, when am I going to get half an hour to myself to just progress it? And then today at the hospital, I was like, yes, Link's on his phone. I'm going to sit there and keep reading and I kept reading and reading I love anyway. it when you get a book like that, you just have to devour. And my last one like that was Boy Swallows Universe. I know, yeah. I know. And I feel like such a major cop-out, especially about how that show's about to come out. Mm. But I'm hoping the fact that I'm reinvigorated in reading again from it's other gonna books bring back. Yeah. will make me go back and finish it. Yeah. Um, but I had to just put it aside because it was, you know, like slowing me down. It was becoming a um, chore. But it wasn't the book, it was me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, no, I understand. With the, the book. The book I started reading after Boys Follows Universe, Death Point, I think it is. Um, and it's a gift that I have had now for about eight years from Kim and Sam. I've never read it. And I started reading it after Boys Follows Universe, but I just haven't gotten into it. Yeah. And it's like I just keep picking it up and forcing myself to read it. And it's not bad. Some of the writing in it is annoying, but it's just you just don't have that zest. And I really well, want to get see- back into reading. I loved boys, what I read of Boys World and there was times when I couldn't put it down, but I think it was a timing thing. I think I kept putting it down too many times because mm. I was really busy that it ended up being this thing that I was like, oh, I should read a little bit more. Oh, I'd rather go on yeah. my phone or watch something on TV. Yeah, no, I understand. Um, and then it just went to the point where I wasn't reading anything and I was like, I have to start reading again. I'm just going to pick up something yeah. new just to yeah. change my focus for a bit and I'm glad that I did. But um, she's an amazing author. Taylor Jenkins Reid. I love her. I don't know that you would love her books the way that I do. <clears throat> They're mostly from a female perspective. Um, Sounds but like they, me. they tell a lot of stories from the man's perspective. Like she always flashes back and forth. Yeah. Um, and she's got a lot of real like um, perspectives that we have on political issues. Okay. So, you know, like I was saying, like she talked about there. So the one that I was referencing that I thought you would love was it's called the um, seven husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And it's this, this movie star, this amazing movie star that everyone adores, but is a complete enigma in her like sixties. Right. Yeah. And she gets someone to come and write a biography and she had at that point seven husbands. And that was part of the notoriety that she had that people were fascinated by, but she always was really private about her life and things came out that the media lapped up and wrote all these horrible stories about it, but she never commented and stuff like that. And she's in, she's in her old age and she decides to tell her story to this very young up and coming journalist that she just plucked out of, you know, obscurity yeah. And there's a lot of her life is about actually she married all these men, but she was actually a closeted lesbian. Oh, wow. um, and it's a beautiful book. And they were there. So it starts in like, you know, the 60s or the 50s. When was the Stonewall Rights uh, again? It was 69. Mm. Dinner for two. <laughs> dinner That's, for two. I think we use that line in there too. Fancy dinner for Fancy two. Dinner for two. Um, so I will give it to you. Remind me to give it to you next time. And if you don't like it, don't care. Like yeah. I'll just give it to you and give it a go because the the part that when they reference the Stonewall riots is that she's married to someone and her partner, who is also another movie star, female movie star, is also married to someone, and the two men are gay and the two women are gay. Oh, perfect! And they so and they're a... all best friends. Yeah. 
Um, and then they've got all this money. So they start anonymously do donating to the cause. Um, oh, I of, love it. You know, because they see some people die of AIDS and things. Well, yeah. AIDS wasn't until the 80s. No, they see people like... Probably getting abused and... Yes. And so they start donating to certain causes to try to like anonymously help mm. people, you know, who... Um, are in that situation and then the stone wall rights happen and they have to sit back and see it happen and not say anything and not participate because you just yes. want to be in there fighting don't you? and yeah. they're in like the same location and they hear like the sirens and everything happening so and New stuff York. like that and um and then they give even more generously after that yeah. like they and then they become you know quite supportive but from an anonymous perspective because their oh, careers cool. are at stake yeah 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 which is still the case today for some Yeah. It's yeah. it's oh, cool. she's That's a very good writer, but um this book is amazing and I'm loving it. And I haven't finished it yet, but they've got and I just I'm gonna finish it and immediately start watching this T V series. I'm so excited about it. I'm kind of keen to watch the series now too. Read the book first. If you, I'll give you this this seven um husbands of Evelyn Hugo first. And if you like it, then I'll give you oh you'll actually you'll have to buy Daisy Jones yourself because the front cover's ripped off. <laughs> it's full enough. <laughs> covered in like mushed up dog saliva. <laughs> it was delicious. <laughs> oh, no, Naughty cool. puppy dog. <laughs> it's a bad puppy. Yeah, no, I've got to read, finish off this fucking Death Point book. And then I want to do The Crawdads. And then also another gift that Kim and Sam gave me um, for one of my birthdays, I think, was remember we did Rock Hudson and Marilyn Monroe recently. And he mm. had his book that he wrote with that friend. They yeah. gave me the book. So I've got that sitting on my bedstand Ooh, now to read next. That would be good. Yeah, yeah. So I've just got to get back into reading. But it's a great way to um, confirm your research. Well, it would be. So we're going to do Rock Hudson again. Um, I may have missed a few points. I'd like to set some things straight. It was in Days of Our Lives, not Dynasty. <laughs> uh, all right. So for our final story of the night, Australia's biggest drug bust, please. Pause. A joint US and Australian law enforcement operation busted an international drug ring after intercepting now, Vinny brought this news article to my attention, which I thought was perfect for what's the haps. But after intercepting 2.4 tonnes of cocaine aboard a vessel off the coast of South America that had been bound for Australia, the cocaine, 2.4 tonnes, was linked to a Mexican drug cartel and had a street value of around, have a guess. Oh, a fucking shit tonne. Well, I'd like a dollar amount. <laughs> high millions. I won't say what do you mean high millions? Okay, all right. So, so how much was it again? 2.4 tonnes. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> It'd have to be worth like, what, 150 million at least? Had a street value of around $1 billion Australian. It was equivalent to half of Australia's estimate estimated annual consumption. Where was it? Where was it found again? <laughs> so it was off the coast of South America, but it was bound for Australia. Oh, the South Americans! <laughs> <laughs> but it was linked to a Mexican drug cartel. It, it was equivalent to half of Australia's estimated annual consumption. So that's so, how easy it is for them to get it through. Normally, they've just been picked up this one fucking time. 
<laughs> so it basically supplied half of half a year of Australia's cocaine habit. How's Sydney going to survive? <laughs> it makes oh, it's making it the seizure one of the biggest that Australian police have ever been involved well, in. Well, Melbourne too. Sydney and Melbourne will die. There'll be like a complete cocaine shortage. They'll be like, I got to have it. There's going to be a very a lot of frustrated festival and party goers <laughs> affected by this around Australia. A so, lot of bankrupt people, yeah, um, you know, spending their life savings, and then all these on, other people just a bag <laughs> with so much money now. <laughs> Twelve suspects have been arrested and charged in the case. Western Australian State Police said in a statement on Saturday, releasing details for the first time of an operation that began last November when the US Drug Enforcement Administration, DEA, intercepted the vessel. So they intercepted it in November last year. Now, this I thought was really interesting. Western Australian police substituted the cargo with identically packed fake cocaine and dropped it roughly 40 miles west of the state capital, Perth, on 28th of December. So they redid 2.4 tonnes of this shit, dropped it off somewhere, and then watched for the members of the Australian Armed of a drug syndicate go out and with 1.2 funds of coke. Clever. It. So they ended up with 1.2 tonnes of fake cocaine um, and they were arrested on the 30th of December after alleged, allegedly making three trips out through rough seas to collect the packages. Oh, my God, those poor people. They worked so hard for nothing. Just for a little bit of Charlie. And then got arrested. Oh, I know. No. I feel sad about this story. <laughs> it's also another true crime story <laughs> where the victims are the party goers of Australia. <laughs> oh, Australians will suffer for this one. Thanks, yeah. dumb government. I know. It's just a little bit Charlie. It's not heroin. Jesus. <laughs> it's just a party drug. Yeah. Well, thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed our take on the current affairs that really matter, to us anyway, and hopefully you. But who knows? We can't please all the stupid act bitches out there, I guess. <laughs> no, we can't. Tune in next week as we continue our true crime globe trot and head to the land of maple syrup, 90s comedy, due south, and home to some of our loyal listeners. Where is you say? Oh, Canada. Oh, Canada. Canadian Mountie, you say? Canadian mounted more like it. Oh, my God. So buckle up, stupid bitches. Shit's about to get creepy. And remember, if you're whining, you're winning. Yeah. Good night. Good night, stupid bitches. <laughs> yeah. That stupid bitch. Mm -hmm. He's a stupid bitch. What a stupid bitch. That stupid bitch.